Hello, hello, and welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online. It is Sunday, the 22nd of August, and uh, here with me today is a couple of friends, and we're going to have some great content coming to you. Um, so with me today is Setonia. Hey, how is everyone? Uh, Hateless. Hey guys, how's it going? Rich Richman. Good afternoon. You're looking dapper, Rich. Uh, Shen. Hello, hello. And Artemis is in the background engineering. So, um, hey, listen, we're not ready just yet, are we? We got uh, not not quite. Yeah, we got a few minutes. Uh, we don't. We're not on a time frame or anything. We can undock when the things are on. The fleet's gonna roll in the background. And we can just join them when the show is ready for it. Perfect. Cool. So, um, let's just kick off with some of the uh, week report here. I'll share my screen for you, Artemis. So uh, what do we have happened this week? Well, if you haven't noticed already, you might want to log in because we have a bonus skill point weekend. So uh, three days across the last three days, um, you log in for three days. The first day you get some skill points. The second day you get some hard shell boosters. Uh, third day you're getting more skill points up to 50,000 skill points. So like that's pretty handy, I think. Um, you guys been collecting your skill points? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I always log in. This, unfortunately, this event is only, I think, it, there's three days of awards and it only runs for three days. So if you haven't logged in uh, every day, then you can't get the final award. But if you st- if you haven't logged in, you can still log in now, today, and get uh, like 15,000 skill points, I think, for the first Alpha plus Amiga award. So there's still time to get something. Yeah, it's nice, I think, that they gave a some skill points to the alpha clones as well um and like fifty thousand skill points you know i can't actually i don't know what time frame that is but what is that is that like a day an extra day training i think that's something like that uh it's actually two days isn't it it's two or three days or two or four days I, I i've done the math but it's either two or four days which is pretty nifty yeah absolutely um so what else we had today then um or this week actually was I know it's this ten percent off packs, so like these uh these new packs that are tied into like the whole Eve Academy. So you have like your your Soldier of Fortune pack, I guess that's aimed towards like ratters or uh, PVE PvP players. Um enforcer pack as well. So like there's just like little discounts on some of these packs. Generally, I think like the cost of the the pack is roughly worth the the plex time so that soldier fortune pack is um 40 great british pounds or kind of 50 euros 50 dollars oh, 60 days of omega plus 500 plex for like another 30 days of omega so yeah like that's 90 days of omega that's roughly about the cost so like you get a few extra skins thrown in on top of it um and then like really bottom of the barrel there, like I kind of like this one, the starter pack. It kind of reminds me of like the expert systems. Seven days of Omega training time for like less than 10 pounds or even, um, sorry, five pounds or like six and a bit dollars or euro. It'd be nice for like a, a new player to try and get involved and try out a, a ship for a week. Uh, also actually this week that was announced was the update to the Eve Anywhere. So uh, we saw this announced a couple of weeks ago. This is the like play in the browser, uh, play it on any device, um, Eve Online client. 
So before when it was announced, it was like a beta test and it was only for the United States. And now they have expanded it to, uh, I guess, Central European countries. Uh, so there's a list of countries there if you're uh, in Europe now, or I guess if you have a VPN that can VPN at one of these IP addresses, um, you'll be able to try out the EVE anywhere. Uh, it does require Omega, um, so you need to be Omega subscription. But uh, yeah, there's been lots of good feedback. Have any of you uh, used it personally? I tried it out uh, yesterday. It's uh, it's kind of fun, kind of cool that you can just log into either uh, anywhere now. I can see it being super useful if you're at, at work or you know on the move. I think with something like a library or, or sorry, like a work laptop or something where you don't you don't necessarily want to download like the full Eve client onto it. You didn't try to PvP in that, did you? No, I logged into uh, and like undocked, and it, it was uh, it wasn't as smooth as I'd I'd hoped for like PvP. But it's definitely workable for doing like I'd say like mining, probably PVE if you're doing like you know drone ratting stuff, and it's definitely fine for just chatting with people and uh, using the market. Yeah, this, um, I have to try it out myself, but I actually really like that whole like. I'm away, I'm on holidays or like I'm away from work and you need to like log in and I don't know, pay a solve bill or something. I feel like this is great for a lot of industrialists who just want to, let's say, submit their jobs and then basically uh, we're putting more jobs into the uh, production center. Uh, let's say if you're on vacation for like two weeks and your thing is due in seven days, you can midway through, you can just pull up your client and then just uh, repeat or adding new jobs. Yeah, that's actually a very good point as well. I mean, I guess if you're like resetting PI or uh, putting in industry jobs, um, definitely like non-PVP activities, you'll have no problem running this client. Um, I'd just also like to welcome General Stargazer. Um, how you doing, buddy? Absolutely fantastic, yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, you are here to talk to us in a little bit uh, soon about the Alliance Tournament um, and the what was the name of the tournament that was happening this weekend as well? <coughs> we it was it, it has a temporary name at the moment of just uh, the summer the summer tournament tournament for now, uh, but we're hoping probably to next next year when uh, we make it a little bit larger, or the hope that is that it's made a little larger that it gets a a more formalized name. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so we're just talking about the uh, Eva Eva anywhere um, expansion to new countries there. Um, Probably won't be running too many tournaments from within the EVE Anywhere client just yet, uh, but maybe in a few years. One can hope. One can certainly hope. Um, so, yeah, that was the uh, the update to EVE Anywhere. So if you're, if you're from these countries now, you can log in and play remotely from the browser, uh, mobile phone device, laptop, computer, I think even an iPad and stuff, yeah? Yeah, I think hey. it is. Go on. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that means... It would, well, oh god, there's kids at my door. Uh, that would mean, technically speaking, for the people who might be missing days in this weekend uh, skill point giveaway, they can log in using this. Oh, uh, yeah. Excuse me, I have to run to deal with these kids. Uh, okay, so while uh, Rich runs and deals with that problem, um, also what happened this week, uh, the Murr report for July came out, so uh, there was some initial discussion, I think, on one of the midweek shows about this. Um, yeah, really interesting to see, um, like, the blue loot situation. Let me see if I can find this graph here. 
Yeah, what was interesting too was the uh, the ISK that was generated from the Log Game Award where he's, he put the uh, 230 million or, or whatever it was. I think it was something like 220, 230, somewhere around there, right? Yeah, uh, 235 if you got it all on a on an Omega, yeah. Um, so this is uh, the faucets. So ISK entering the game and we can see obviously Sleeper uh, or Blue Loot, the, the items you get from a wormhole that you sell still like one of the highest faucets in the game but it has definitely come down from its high of where it was a couple of weeks ago i wonder is this um maybe tied into the war now that great war has kind of gone away we have more people going back to like setting up their homelands uh, working on adm defenses and farming their home instead of not being able to farm their home because it's a it's a war um Maybe this is just related to the summer dip, you know, often less people playing during summertime. Um, we'll definitely have to have a show this week on the Mer. And then also what I actually really liked was this Fleet Up in Real Life uh, post that came out. Uh, and there was also a couple of events this week, I believe. Some people are at an event last weekend. Um, there was one yeah, in even UK, T. Right? Nottingham. Yeah, there was, even T. Nottingham. That was uh, super fun. That was uh, last Saturday. Yeah, and I managed to bring all my my uh, fanny packs and bum bags and shot glasses and pins and lanyards, which the CCP were kind enough to to pass out. Um, but that was it was quite an entertaining uh, thing seeing everybody's reaction when I was uh, passing out bum bags for sure. Yeah, so there was um, there's definitely been meetups as well happening in uh, various parts of the 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 United States. Yeah, Eve Nora, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, so I think, I, just re- go on. I think I was gonna say I think Vienna was just happening as well. Yeah, it's amazing to have all these events now after like almost two years of no events. I was saying during the the event actually it was kind of funny to me because I I realized on the drive on the way up there it was I, I got into the car and I realized that it's been like three years since I actually sat down and even had a beer with a with with friends, let alone even seeing other Eve players again. Uh, it was just it was. It was very nice to to be able to do that again. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, we saw some pictures of the uh, Eve Nottingham event. Um, looked like a great time. So, um, so the, I think kind of the big Eve Online news this week is actually the Alliance tournament. Uh, we have a few people here to talk to us today about the Alliance tournament. One of them being General Stargazer um, and Setonia as well, right? So. Um, on on the side of the alliance tournament, so not the tournament that was happening this weekend, which is say the, the summer games, right? So we had the feeder um, bracket uh, stream this week on CCP TV. So what I loved about this um, announcement was when they initially set out to have this AT, they were thinking, okay, we might get like thirty-two teams, and they ended up having seventy-five teams now confirmed for this competition so like i think as i saw it was like the second highest um amount of teams submitting into the competition ever yeah i think that was 90 something for uh 80 14 or 15 i can't remember which one there was a feed around for 80 15 not sure if that was the biggest one or in 80 14 i think a lot of teams got cut yeah so um they initially had 74 teams and then they actually ended up finding one more, um, I guess, filled in submission somewhere on the back of the couch. So they said, 
you know, we have 74. What's one more? We'll make it 75. I believe on that one, it was uh, they submitted the Plex correctly, and it was um, it was just a case of there was a typo on the actual administration form, which initially made them ineligible, but then it was corrected, so they just brought it up to the seventy-five. Yeah, I mean, what's one more at this point, right? <laughs> exactly. So, people, sorry, I heard a lot of doubting, and I guess maybe discontent over the fact the Alliance tournament is back, and people said, "Oh, it's it's only a small selected group," but. 75 teams. How, does anybody know how many actual people there are per team? It's not just 10, it's other people inside too. Well, when you're preparing the... Because uh, a lot of the practicing is going to be going on on Thunderdome. Um, per team, there's between 20 and 30 accounts prepared. So each each team is is relatively large in its selection of, of options. Um, and then not to mention the fact you also have uh, mercenaries now available as well. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to kind of like go over the the format of it. So the like the main alliance tournament competition um, is going to have forty teams. We currently have seventy five. So how do we get there? Um, we have a couple of teams that are automatic entry teams. So these are teams that have performed um, historically very well in the alliance open and the anger games. So they have been uh, basically given and granted automatic entry into the competition. We had a blind auction. So in this case, every team submitted an amount of Plex and like the highest uh, 18 uh, got submitted and accepted into the competition. At any point, uh, General Stargazer, correct me if I'm wrong here. You're good so far. Um, so this, I think, is amazing. Over 618,000 Plex was raised for the uh, the blind auction buying that's over twenty five thousand US dollars in Plex alone, um, and one team submitted forty nine thousand Plex to secure entry into the competition. I mean that is just that's a mind boggling, bogglingly large amount of of money, you know, and just Plex for this competition. I think it kind of ties into what you said, Rich, about like people not realizing how big this is and how much people care about this and how important this is to some people. I thought the uh, other interesting thing about it as well, the minimum accepted bid on it was uh, 12,500 Plex as well. So it was still it was still quite high, even at the lowest level. This is the first Alliance tournament in how many years? I can only imagine how excited people are for it. I think it's two years. I think, yeah, it, it's two stroke three years, I think. Since yeah. The last one. yeah. Yeah, the last be... one was in, it was 8016 in 20, at the end of 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, you're right. Three years, oh my God, like COVID just kind of, Screws up the time frame in the memory. Yeah, what like is any, anything from like twenty nineteen to twenty twenty just feels like twenty twenty one just feels like one year instead of two. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Even discounting, even discounting the five years worth of plex to people have bid, five years worth of uh, omega people have bid in. Is it right? Five years? Uh, I could be wrong, uh, but even discounting all that amount of plex that they've bid into the system, each team has uh, well over 10 people so this if it's 75 teams we're looking at well times 10 that's 750 people minimum plus all the people they'll be scrimming with plus the mercenaries this is well over 1500 players potentially involved in this yeah absolutely i mean 10 is uh, an absolute minimum you'd probably have at least 20 um so what we have here is like 24 confirmed teams, okay, um, already bought in. All these teams here, we see Goonswarm, Federation, Hydra Reloaded, Localist Primary, Templist, Kalfs, uh, the Tuskers Co., Weform Volta. They're a lock. 
all these other silent auction teams, they're a lock and they're going to be taking part. But we have 51 other teams that we now need to fight for 16 slots. So um, CCP did the, did the draw, gave everyone a ranking, and now we have um, like a bracket drawn up for the, the teams taking part. So let me just scroll down here and get it. Um, here we go. So these are like the cedar feeder brackets. This is going to be taking part the 4th and the 5th of September. So what's that? That's like two weeks away. Yeah, so we have one more weekend of the summer, summer tournament. Obviously this weekend and then next weekend. And then it's straight into the Alliance tournament feeder rounds. So it's we have certainly entered the season of the tournaments. Yeah, so um, on the, this round one, this will be the first day. So this will be on the 4th. So like these teams will fight off against each other. And then the winner of say the initiative versus psychotic tendencies will fight on the second day of the sunday against the celestial empire and then the winner of that will uh, like end up going on into the competition so um on that post that um ccp put out we have like the full cedar bracket here and then the seated main brackets and then um you'll see here so like after the feeder competition in round one uh those winners will move over and then here in round two this is the actual competition itself which is taking place in november so i think it's really cool we get this like little preview coming in in two weeks time um get to watch the the feeder rounds and then we have kind of like three months before the actual main competition two and a half months yeah we'll probably see some um, open practices on thunderdome we'll no doubt probably arrange for uh, a couple of open practices to be streamed uh, between now and then to keep the keep the interest certainly rolling for it yeah, so just um, some some key dates there is like uh, the roster lock and the Thunderdome access, that's going to be coming tomorrow or the next day. This is where the teams will get access to that Thunderdome server where they'll practice. And that's where the um, feeder competition is held, isn't it? It is indeed. So what's so special about the, the Thunderdome then compared to Tranquility or CC? So Thunderdome, we have uh, it, it's basically another like sandbox server, but it's it's uh, a little bit more of a controlled uh, server. You have to be given an account to log into there. Uh, essentially, the server is constantly running in uh, VIP mode. So people are given systems essentially that they can uh, do their practices and their scrims in. Um, all the characters on there are max rank you can be given any item that you want so you can practice with whatever comps that you want to actually fly with um without revealing any information so it, it it keeps it all nice and quiet for people that do want to practice um and it's it's just a very very controlled environment for us to be able to run the the scrims in um the tournament tools itself again we the last couple of weeks we've been practicing and making sure that everything that we specified in the rules is illegal uh, is making sure that the tool itself is actually detecting that people aren't bringing suspicious stuff so we get uh, the opportunity at least during the feeders as well that should we have missed anything that we have that opportunity to fix it before we end up back on tranquility uh, for the main tournament on the topic of the tournament i did see there was a casting call for the uh, commentators and i understand that people who have gotten positions have uh, well gotten response how fierce was the competition for this uh it's actually still ongoing um we have more interviews lined up uh today and uh into next week uh we had um 
we've had quite a few we had quite a few applicants for it but we've done our first initial wave of um saying thank you very much for applications uh but we're doing one-on-one -on -one interviews with a lot of people at the moment um following that we will probably will down the number a little bit more again uh, we may potentially ask some of them to come in and do some of the uh, feeder tournaments just so that we can because it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one, we want to see how people work as a team so sometimes we'll we'll bring them in on the feeders and we'll just talk to them and get them to to commentate alongside someone just to see how they work as as part of a team so that is still ongoing um we'll probably get the next wave probably in the middle of next week we'll probably give the next wave of people just letting them know uh if if we're proceeding with them or if they were unfortunate and able to proceed Ah, I noticed uh, Jintan returned uh, from his break from Eve to join in on the tournament, so I understand Bart is also, in, Black Bart Pirate is also involved. Uh, what's the number of applicants did you receive for this? Uh, I think off the top of my head without pulling up the document, I think it was uh, 22 applicants in general that applied. Uh, and I think we managed to whittle that number down to 13 further interviews. Um, and as I say again, for it will be for three stroke four uh, caster positions, and then there will also be uh, analyst positions as well. But yeah, we've got to whittle that number down a lot, uh, a lot further. So it, we have it gets a a little intense for triggering out um, whether someone's going to make it or not. Mm, spicy. <laughs> a lot of uh, returning people coming back, or is it uh, some new faces this time? Uh, we've we've had actually quite a bit of a mix. Um, we had we've had some familiar faces from the past, uh, some you know solid commentary uh, from people that we have had cast tournaments in the past, whether it be live or you know as part of alliance tournaments in the past. Uh, we had a good bunch of new applicants as well. Um, again, some of those due for for interviews next week. So uh, we we might see some fresh blood. We might see some old existing. You know, we'll 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 do. We, there's a group of us that are doing the interviews, so uh, we we kind of almost like a, have a like a ranking system where we'll give them a series of um, uh, things to comment on. So whether it be uh, games, existing matches, and we'll get them to do the commentary, and you know, we'll we'll rate them during the interview, and then we we make a decision between the the three of us. Uh, we kind of score them out. And then by the end of it, we'll sit down, re-review it, and you know, see who we who we want to proceed with. So um, that's kind of talking about the casting process for the alliance tournament that's coming up. But what happened this weekend? So uh, just so we don't confuse uh, any listeners, the alliance tournament feed around is in two weeks, and then the main tournament is in November. But we had the summer games this weekend. Yeah, the summer tournament. Excuse me, the summer tournament was a uh, community Chinese, uh, call it an oceanic time zone organized tournament. Uh, we had a bunch of us uh, existing, um, you know, commentators or anyone else that just wanted to come along. It was very um, relaxed, very social. Um, anyone that just wanted to come along could come and commentate on on some of the games. Um, but yeah, we were we were just doing our part to. Uh, cover the event and it was it was actually really good there was some really interesting plays some really uh, entertaining plays so a few unexpected um, events happened we had a couple of industrials which which always amuse me whenever i see them in tournaments uh, especially when they retain a 100% win rate whenever they're deployed um but yeah we had a couple of as i say previous 
previous commentators come on and uh, do their part. We all sat in a channel together, and uh, it, it went quite smoothly. What about those names, huh? Those uh, tournament team names. And the player names, too. I absolutely <laughs> loved them. Some of them were fantastic. Um, like, what was it? When to Delete Marauder. Uh, invasion Invading something. <laughs> Yeah, there were some absolutely fantastic games. Like as we were going through, I, I made the comment a couple of times that I wish some of the Alliance tournament um, teams had taken note from from the the Chinese tournament names because they were absolutely fantastic. I love them. Oh, I, I love the Chinese players' eve names and their tournament team names because it just to us it doesn't make that much sense, but to them there's there's something about it that's that probably makes complete sense, but we're just missing the context because of the translation. Yeah, we we had we we joked about it a couple of times during the chat uh, during the whole tournament that we kind of made up backstories for some of them as well because we because we just didn't know the context. Uh, we had uh, a lovely lady dark come on to the uh, show yesterday, uh, gave contextualized a few of them for us, uh, which was which amused us all to no end. Um, we we learned quite a few quite a few things like uh, apparently as 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 Suetonia mentioned I think uh, skating nightmare skating was was one of them and skating was apparently a, a Chinese slang for, uh, for for drug takers which which always amused me so yeah it, it was it was good well my Chinese is a bit choppy now but I still remember what GG means so long GGs yeah it means big dicks basically. <laughs> A great, great tournament team name. I mean, we had what was it? Wangs out is one of the the famous ones of the past. Oh god! Pen is out. Alliance team. Pen is out. Yep. Yeah. How did their How did their tactics uh, fare compared to the the our the alliance tournament teams and tactics we're used to? Um, I mean, for my part that I watched, I, I mean, I'll let Sutonio comment on this one as well. But I think it was I there was parts of it that really did entertain me. Um, one of the games yesterday. I thought was was very interesting to watch because it was uh, the the team had uh, commenced basically the whole fight had moved right to the edge of the arena uh, to such an extent that when some of the uh, enemy team had actually started to orbit um, the, the 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 people that were sitting on the edge of the or, uh, arena they were actually boundarying themselves so they weren't paying like enough attention and realized that they were just literally just flying out of the arena and and, and destroying themselves so there is like a a, a very interesting kind of skill element that was involved, and I loved some of the the the, the uh, just the general comps. Like some of the comps were were unexpected, but some of them it became a little bit more predictable towards the end. Um, like Bargasts, for for example, became like the most commonly banned ship throughout the entire thing so far. Um, but then consequently, like Nighthawks have become the most constantly uh, fielded ship. So as I say, it was some some interesting aspects. But I'd love to hear what Sutoni thinks as well. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting mix, right? There were a lot of things that we kind of uh, expected from the Alliance Open, like the triple Nighthawk teams that are kind of traditional, like the Vargas teams were kind of expected to. But there's also like just some like uh, weird stuff as well, like Marauder teams, like the triple Paladin team. Those were uh, really fun to watch. How about that broadsword, huh? What yeah, the it... triple broadsword uh, rush versus the Paladin team was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amusing. What makes a ship good? Well, at least in the context of a tournament setting. Well, it can depend on multiple things, right? The the first factor in the AT, at least, is that uh, it has every ship has a point value. So even though uh, you know a Cerberus is always going to be better than a Caracal on TQ in almost every case, uh, the the Caracal costs less points on 
in the tournament. So it might not be always the best choice to bring a, a Cerberus over a Caracal because picking that Cerberus is going to mean that you have to pick weaker ships alongside it. Um, great answer. Uh, and great question, Rich. Um, if if you're not busy on the phone there, Suetonia, I'd love to know, like, um, do you like do you have a hand in in designing the the composition no this this wasn't me at all i'm pretty sure this is all uh CC- i don't know about the summer tournament points i think they're based off the alliance open and the at 17 rule set the alliance open rule set was uh, i think mostly made by bij but general probably knows a lot more than me i'm sure maybe he uh knows a bit more yeah, as as you quite rightly said, the at least the the summer games one was was uh, primarily the alliance open points, but there is a few tweaks for um, the alliance tournament rules. Um, like it was primarily the same, with the exception of like um, a few of the points, a couple of the the the, the comps that were uh, brought in during the the summer the summer tournament games. Uh, you can't actually fly during the alliance tournament because the the ship point values were just varied just enough that essentially you you couldn't fly what you were seeing uh during the the summer the summer, summer tournament games um the rule set primarily was uh yeah it was primarily uh ccp and bay for the most part figuring out essentially what what we, we wanted to be the the sponsor for this year's uh tournament was was kind of discussed a couple of times, um, but for the most part, yes, it was uh, between Bay and CCP for figuring out the uh, exact uh, rules. It, the format for the Alliance tournament has remained primarily the same uh, across the years. There's just been lots of little tweaks here and there. Uh, that's just just enough to make it different from the previous years. Uh, not to mention, like the sponsor for the Alliance tournament. Um, the NPC sponsor is usually the one that has their their cheap cheap point ships, which kind of mix up the meta completely. Yeah, I mean there has to be some evolution of the rules, otherwise we'd probably still be on like tinker setups or something from from years ago, right? Exactly. Like it's as much as as it's about you know winning and losing. It's also trying to put on an entertaining show. If it's if it's boring to watch, um, you know perhaps it it requires a bit of a rule change just to make it uh, a little bit more engaging. Um, not to mention, there's always uh, you know there was setups in the past where people would literally just sit and you know wait to be attacked. I mean it's a completely legitimate tactic, but you know we want to we want to try and bring a little bit of action and enjoyment for for people watching as well as people playing. Yeah, we don't Absolutely. want the one DQ one title comps, right? Oh. <laughs> How has the meta shifted? Because we've had the mixed reception updates with Surgical Strike and the Brawler's Paradise and these type of things. How has it changed the meta since 2018 when those updates weren't existent? Do you want to do that right. one uh, Sure, right. So the, the Alliance Open, we saw a lot more like Rush-based teams, especially... Uh, like well, we, the the most successful comp we saw was like a team that had like triple Nighthawk, double Loki, uh, and the, because of the the damage bonus to heavy assault missile launchers from Surgical Strike with Tech Two Rage missiles, getting a huge damage bonus, as well as the the Nighthawk as well, getting a pretty significant balance pass. I think earlier in 2020, uh, that that's mostly been like the uh, the main comp. A lot, a lot more like that da- damage heavy comps have been more viable, and we've seen a lot less comps that rely on like a single logistics cruiser so we saw a lot less like teams that had you know a guardian or a scimitar or something yeah i, I mean like you... sorry go ahead 
I was going to say, I mean, quite rightly, as you say, like even uh, think simple things like the, the resistances that were done, uh, was it last year or towards the, the the end of the year before? I mean, it's been so long since we've had a tournament that just without even changing the rules, just the general overhaul on the, the game um, nerfs and rebalances, it's just going to provide a very interesting uh, format. So... Um... That's actually very true. The fact that changes that happen on like tranquility are carried over to the alliance tournament, say the next year, and and in this case, it's been three years. So there's been kind of like three years of changes, um, and as well with like the Marauder changes recently, Surgical Strike not that long ago. I think like I'm really interested in seeing the feeder competition and like what what ship comps come up. But um. The Alliance Tournament Special Edition ships that are given out as rewards, right? So, um, I don't know, pick any of them, for instance. They don't evolve, if I'm correct, right? Uh, they're not actually, uh, you're not actually able to bring them into the uh, Alliance Tournament, if that's what you mean, but they haven't... Oh, sugar. They haven't... Uh, they haven't, like, changed the stats on them, generally. Um, sometimes they do get a, a few balance passes on them when like CCP changes other ships like for example when CCP put the assault damage control in the game the uh, the prior ship uh, soul frigates and heavy assault cruisers were able to use the assault damage control but they haven't changed any of the the stats directly and uh, one of the things CCP uh, Aurora has uh, one of the plans CCP Aurora has made to make sure that the alliance tournament is something that CCP can commit to and hopefully bring back on a yearly basis, even if she doesn't get internal support from CCP, is by re-releasing some of the old prize ships. And uh, I think as part of that, uh, what would probably happen is CCP would maybe go back and do a balance pass on those uh, old prize ships because you know anything from like 80, 88 to, to like 80... 13 gen well 80 uh, 10 at least are uh, you know that generally not in the, the 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 most viable state i'd say with like the mimmer being the best example being literally worse than the munin the other thing uh, receive a ton of pushback it, it so, i think it was pretty mixed because i mean i was gonna say one of the other details that was mentioned was the fact that yes there'll be the return of those ships but it will also be a minimum it has to be an out for a minimum of 10 years before that ship is then reintroduced so it's not like the ships you got in alliance tournament 15 are going to be back you know for the next alliance tournament so i i'm uh, not sure how sure this is to happen but uh i wouldn't like to see them rebalance those old ships i would like to see them continue to put new ships in or reiterations of the ship uh and keep the old ships the way they are simply because they're novel and uh what they represent is really neat i would feel like it's a shame to devalue the novelty of that uh especially with the fact that like 10 15 year old ships why should we rebalance them rather than say you know release another ship that is uh similar but not quite the same well, one of the things that CCP actually said in the blog is that uh, ideally, if they do re-release ships, then what they could do is uh, um, they would put out like a different type of ship, so and they would rename the original one. So if you have a Mimmer, and then CCP does a re-release of the Mimmer, which would be the next one coming up, then your your original Mimmer would get renamed to like first edition Mimmer or something. So you could say, you know, this is the first edition. But well, like I, in I think I think with the vintage Mimmer. Yeah, it could be a vintage memo or whatever it is. I think rebalancing them is also one of the things that actually uh, makes it better for people who already own the ships because like, I think there are a lot of people who, if you're holding on to a Mimmer, 
if CCP actually rebalances it and makes it good, then you can actually use it or you know there's more incentive for you to uh, take it out. And that also increases the value of it. Like if the MIMA was like really as good as a Maraca, for example, then the MIMA would probably double in price. I, I just, I mean, to, yeah, that's just my uh, AT ship is not really dependent on their ability. I mean, to some degree, it is, but it's just rare in general. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think as if CCP compensates them, you know, give them vintage uh, Mimas, you know, maybe another thing would be like anyone who has an old AT ship. Maybe you get one of this, you know, the tournament skins for free. So if they did the Mimma thing, maybe they did like a Mimma to Victory Edition skin or something for all of the like fleet issue Mimma ships. Maybe you could just, every Mimma you have, you just get, get one of those skins for free. So that at least you get something. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, CSP Convict actually, I think, or, or CSP Swift, I can't remember, one of the two mentioned this on the uh, thing of CSP Swift on the Less Than 10 podcast. But apparently, like the, the average login for like the last Mimma or something like, like, over two years like all of the of, of all of the accounts that aren't banned and like over half of the the members in the game are, are on banned accounts for example so there isn't really many of them and the, the ones that still exist the the av the average login date for like all of the characters that own them is two years so like i, I think like half the owners probably haven't logged in in, in like a decade Sorry, we floated the idea earlier to CCP Aurora amusingly during the, the summer tournaments uh, stream of uh, Hawaiian shirts should be rewarded rewards for for tournaments. And you could have like you know silhouettes of Eve ships on some of the shirts. Yeah, that'd be super cool, especially for the uh, for the summer tournament. That would be like a really dank reward. Hell yeah! I think at this point, someone should just go get them printed off themselves <laughs> if they win. Yeah, hand them out of the new even team and they should make an in-game shirt you know for the like character your character and then also like sell the shirt on, on the uh eve store oh that would be amazing you could have matchers but yeah i like that idea i'm not sure if i want a bald man on my uh, chest i don't get it what a bald man bald man i mean my rich richman in game is bald i'm uh thick with a nice head of hair i'm not sure if i want a bald man like him on a shirt on my chest. No, oh. I, I I meant a shirt of the ship silhouette. Oh. And you could have that on your in-game character and on your person, on your real life but human. Doesn't but doesn't say a Balgorn look rather. <laughs> I mean, if you want if you want a shirt full of Florexes, you can have a sh shirt full of Florexes. I think I get a purifier. I like that silhouette. Um, oh yeah, I guess you like your small, huh? Oof. I... Wow. Okay, so um, yeah, that uh, <laughs> sorry. I think Hayes' cat is hungry. Is it? Is it time to feed the cat? Um, yeah, it's around then. <laughs> that's that summer games tournament is it's still up on the eventy Twitch. So if you like missed it this weekend and you want to like go back and, and check it out watch some of the fights, maybe listen to some of the amazing, sexy-voiced commentators. Um, feel free to, like, click on the event. Um, I have a link there in the weekend report if you want to drop it in um, the Discord. Yeah, the tournament's still ongoing, too, and I think uh, it's going to be covered again by event uh, next weekend. So if you're still hungry oh, for tournaments, definitely check, check it out. I thought earlier on today was the last day. Oh, this was just the, uh, this was like a round robin uh, part of the tournament, just so points teams would get seeded into the, the main tournament and some teams would get eliminated. And so the actual tournament is single elimination and that's going to be uh, next weekend. Oh, great. Do we have a date and time for that? 
Uh, I believe, without double-checking, that it is exactly the same time as it was today, which was uh, 12.30 eve time. It's quite quite early in the day, but then, you know, as I say, it is a oceanic time zone tournament. I will double-check that while we continue. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to uh, disrupt our sleep schedule because it is, again, a competition for them in their time zone. Hey, we had one of the commentators joined at half past five in the morning because he just loves tournaments. Also, yeah, Black Mark Pirate uh, is uh, from the, the West Coast US, so like 12.30 Eve time is, you know, like 5 a.m. for him. Oh, yeah, he alar- I heard the alarm clocked and dumped a bunch of free workout into his veins. That'll get you going. I think um, as well, like it might be a little bit late now, but like if you applied to the like Eve Alliance tournament as a as a commentator or to, to, to be a caster, you know, um, keep an eye out for these other smaller tournaments that are happening because it'd be a great way to, you know, brush up on your skills and get some more experience and, and just get a bit more practice and recognition. Cause like, yeah, I, I really, I really, sorry. I, just, I think the AT is kind of back to stay and I hope it is. Yeah. Like even T is almost always uh, recruiting casters. The the deadline for the casters for, for the, the line summit has already passed, unfortunately, but there are a uh, team scrimming. So you could definitely, uh, uh, you know, maybe, uh, get like one or two guys and and do that um even t normally does like a tournament about once a year roughly so, and we tend to you know invite just about anyone on normally so even if you have no experience uh, if you talk to like uh, bay rj uh or, or general or something normally they can get you in on you know like one or two matches to see how you do and if you like it you can you know come back and eventually if you just do it for a year then who knows maybe you could be in for a 80 18 Absolutely, hit me up if you are interested, and we can uh, see if we can get you in on a couple of the the feeder games. Um, I would like to get in on that. I sent you a DM, but um, gotcha. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, look, there we go. That's that's all it takes, guys. You know, if you're actually interested in in doing this stuff, just everyone in the Eve community is generally really helpful and inviting, even though we're mostly pirates and have a bad reputation for blowing up spaceships. Um. Yeah, there's also a ton of other community tournaments that normally take place too. Like the uh, this summer tournament will probably take place again uh, next year. There's also the Anger Games. I'm not sure if they're going to do a new one next year or not. But there's been free Anger Games, so I'd hope they bring back like Anger Games four. Yeah, I think it was very important to be able to have that outlet while like COVID was happening and people needed a distraction. And it's also, I think the uh, the uh, tournaments are quite important to show off and showcase Eve. I think as I said a couple of times, um, I think one of the the most entertaining things I read was uh, after the Anger Games, we had uh, an individual that dropped into the Discord and said, uh, once once the tournament was finished, was was that it? Was was there no more PvP happening at weekends that was streamed? Because they were really just enjoying seeing tournament games uh, broadcast over the weekends. I am hoping that we get to see just more and more tournaments each year. Yeah, I always attribute um, actually like I was playing a few months and then uh, a friend turned me on to the Alliance tournament and I was like really new in the game. I probably barely had like Warp Scramblers trained and it just blew my mind to see the the, the possibilities of, of what a ship could do and, and the tournament layout. Uh, it was really cool. I was like, this is amazing. I don't understand anything. I barely understand these ship names, but it's fascinating to watch. Well, that's one of the things that, again, that's always entertained me about the, the Alliance tournament is as much as, you know, people talk about it being, you know, these super high-skilled um, veteran players with huge amounts of skill points. At the end of the day, 
every every game has some degree of tackle requirement required during the games and you know you don't have to be that player with absolutely colossal amounts of skill points to actually participate or, or even do incredibly well you know you, if you are good at doing your one job in eve you don't have to have that huge amount of uh, skill points to actually do it so seeing new people end up watching the streams and thinking yeah that could be me is is a very warming thing yeah, it doesn't take much points to be in like a Lodgy frigate or an Ewar frigate. Um, as you said, tackle or even smaller ships. I mean, heck, today, as I say, we—I mean, yesterday and today, we had uh, we had two two industrials fielded, and as I say, the thing that amused me most was the fact that it was a hundred percent win rate every time it was deployed, and uh, and it was, it would just entertain me to no end just to think that you you participated in a in a broadcast tournament in an industrial. Why not? Well, prior to this tournament, we had a, a break between twenty the end of 2018. So 2019 had no tournament, 2020 had no tournament. Now we have a tournament. These two years' breaks, there were some smaller unofficial tournaments in between. But uh, because of this break, has uh, the attention and excitement for the tournament, is it the same or is it less, more? I think there's certainly uh, excitement return for for like the big because like the alliance tournament was the big tournament that people would look forward to each year, um, and I think people have a habit of harassing Bay until such time as he decides to run a tournament, uh, and then we end up having with uh, lots of small little tournaments, and I think it just keeps the the interest for the people that primarily play Eve for that little tournament scene. It keeps them interested in returning, and we, as I say, we we as a whole try to broadcast as many of them because we know that they're 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 super popular. Um, they're just great showcasts for for individual skills uh, and and team play in Eve. Um, unfortunately, we now have a, a community team that helps you know support that. Obviously, with with access to Thunderdome and the, the tools that they that actually make the tournament functional. So I th I think that constant constant desire for even for those small tournaments keeps even ccp involved with um just keeping tournaments going basically these two years haven't dulled any well these two years haven't dulled how much hype people have for these tournaments i don't think so personally i i, I think there has been new people that have come to it and excited to see it and i think uh People of the past um, have returned to it again. Um, I think, I mean, uh, CCP Swift even did an announcement not too long ago uh, saying a couple of the people that were like permanently banned from some of the Alliance tournaments again have had their, their bans lifted so that they can return to play um, because people have moved on. Some people have moved on, but some alliances have still you know, remained. Uh, just the change of leadership, the change of players. But that that desire to always have tournaments, I think, has always been there. Um, and doing the the summer games this weekend has just made me even more excited to see and get involved again with the the actual main alliance tournament. Um, I'm I am super super duper excited for it. Well, with seventy five teams up and competing, I think. Well, it's a gonna be a lot of work. grand return. A hero's welcome. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think it's like hit the ground running. It's come back in spades. And I think a lot of people are, are really excited. I mean, look, they thought they wouldn't even get 32 teams. They got 75. They had to like up the main bracket by eight. I mean, I just think that that speaks volumes for the uh, level of enthusiasm.
I a lot of us was, was super happy to see to see it was so unexpected um to see that sort of volume of people uh, we kind of got updates from ccp as people were checking in submissions and the number just kept going and going and going we're like okay it's, it's absolutely great to see that's fantastic so um general stargazer thank you so much for coming on and like talking some 80 stuff with us um love to have you back maybe after the the feed around weekend we can like have an update on some of the some of the fights and the competitions that have taken place um some of the teams and and what's going on um hateless how are you doing buddy i'm doing pretty good uh everything kind of came together just in time which was nice um i'm doing do, do you want me to just kind of kick into it and what i've got for you guys today yeah yeah so um you're more than welcome to to lead this this section if you'd like we purposely kind of left it a bit vague because well you'll find out why um so i'm going to start with the clickbait i have met, been able to pay new eden pilots for their efforts over 80 billion isk on average for the last or 80 80 billion isk per month on average for the last two and a half months that's the clickbait that's the the, the big we're we're making isk people are getting paid um what we're doing is we're hunting triglavians in high sec so we're on the high sec side uh, and we are able to accept brand new pilots into this and uh, give basically players a very easy, simple way to hop in the game, start making initial bits of ISK, and uh, kind of get started, if that makes sense. Uh, the average payout per pilot is about 40 million ISK an hour, and full SRP is offered, and we've figured out how to... I, I don't know how to put it, but... We figured out a way to uh, have people just be able to join pretty much at will. Uh, you can come in and go at any time. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I just. Anyways, how new are these players? Uh, so I believe when you guys made an alt yesterday, yeah. and skilled so, it, and is in fleet functioning right now. I created uh, a new account. This morning, a couple of hours ago, I yeah, got a million skill points off the referral link and I'm in fleet doing it. Um, so like a million skill points training on an alpha, even if you didn't have a referral link, is not that long. I mean, you how much money do you need to get into it? Because, well, uh, the way I made my most of my money to get into it, you need to spend at least a few billion on a Leshek and train into it. You've got a one million SP fresh account, I'm guessing an alpha. Uh, so for the most part, if somebody says, Hey, I'm brand new and I'm here to try, I'll just hand you a Naga. Uh, we have plenty, uh, to hand out and, uh, generally you give it back at the end of the fleet. Uh, so it just kind of depends on the situation and how you approach it. If you're kind of mean, I'm not going to be too keen to just give you a freebie, but if you come into like Twitch chat, say, Hey, you know what? I want to join you. I don't have the money to buy a Naga. You'll probably get a Naga. Um, but the ship itself is only like 110, 120 million esque. Uh, so it's not even expensive. Uh, and you generally earn it back participating in about half a fleet. So super low, like we're trying to keep the barrier of entry low uh, so that as many people can join as possible, uh, if that makes sense. But yeah, the, the beginning of it, it, it's 120 or 130 million esque, and it pays out 40 million esque an hour. That's three or four hours it pays for itself. How long does this run for? 
Uh, it, it it depends uh, on the FCs that are available, but we can run it indefinitely. Uh, so if I have an FC able to run and able to go, uh, the fleet can undock and start moving and making making some miskies. Uh, right now, I'm not running the fleet myself, but I do always run a fleet on Monday and Friday for about four and a half, five hours. So we actually have um, Shen. Uh, are you sharing your screen of the fleet? Yep. Yeah, if uh, Artemis wants to click on that. We actually have a fleet up right now. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to get a count. There's like, what, 12 Nagas here? Bunch of Marauders? Yeah, so uh, Nagas are the, the, the new bro option. Uh, we we ask for Nagas to come, uh, and they make a 1x payout. Um, it, it, let me start over. We're hunting Triglavians. We have a public fleet that anybody can join from both new players all the way up to more veteran players uh, and Marauders. And... Uh, you show up and you get paid. It's it's really simple, really easy uh, fleet to participate in. And uh, the the idea of the fleet is that we're about 100 kilometers off of where they spawn, and we don't have to take any uh, damage from the NPCs. So we can kind of buffer fit our ships or uh, go full-on uh, snipey boy glass cannons, which the Nagas are, the Marauders are uh, a little bit buffer. And uh, we just kind of snipe them from afar. And then there is a salvage crew up on the front there uh, salvaging all the wrecks that we're making. And all of the income comes from the NPCs actually dying. Then they drop uh, some red loot, some Triglavian surveys, and uh, they salvage for T2 trig mats. So for building the Ikatursa, uh, Nurgle, and Draugr. And those Zazmats uh, are the materials that we're making here. That then gets sold to the market, and you get paid for killing them. Uh, we have uh, a, a little kind of streamlined operation, and I have the ability to scale up and deal with more loot if we grow. Uh, and the idea behind me trying to come here is to try and invite more people to join us. Uh, the Nagas are super cheap to get into, uh, super low skill points. Uh, and as you skill up and get better skills, or as you uh, realize that you're making money and having fun in a group, you're going to, um, you can upgrade in a Marauder. And uh, the Triglavians that we're fighting, uh, how it works is the NPC spawning system. And when you kill that NPC, you will get a uh, another group will spawn in the system, and sometimes they warp to the same planet. And this is what we, we're seeing happening. We kill the group, and another one spawns and warps to the same planet that we're on. And we just kill them until they go to a different planet and rinse and repeat. Uh, there is a cap somewhere. Uh, we did hit it before, and last Tuesday got stealth. I don't know whether to call it a nerf or a buff, but more trig spawn uh, than before. So they're more dangerous than they were previously. Running the solo is a little bit more dangerous. And I do have a guide with the knowledge of these bigger spawns made already for farming uh, the Triglavian solo, which can make a lot more us doing that. But it's, it's more complicated. You're risking a lot more. Um, but the fleet as a whole on base pay makes, I know I've said it time and time again, about 40 million isk. It's not a lot of isk to make per hour. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's really easy to do. It's really easy to participate in. And, uh, everybody that's flown so far has been happy with the income and you just kind of show up, shoot, shoot things and make a little bit of risk. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Questions, uh, ask away. So, um, doing this is going to absolutely murder your trig standings, right? Yes, it will. Uh, the downside to that, uh, at least for a high sec player, uh, is that you have to run a, at least a scout 
uh, whenever you go through true believe in minor victories. However, when you go into eating com systems with the super negative trick standings, the eating com will help you if they're on gate. Okay, so like be forewarned if you do this on your main and you like to travel around a lot, you might run into a trig system and the trigs won't be very happy with you. Yeah, so my understanding is they don't naturally spawn on gates, but a trap it's possible to shoot a war post and get the trig to uh spawn with anchoring on the gates. Aside from that, it's it's pretty rare to actually come into problems in high sec. Uh and then the other downside is that uh, go, you can't dock up into Potchfin. However, uh, there's a really good uh, way to fix it. Uh, you can just go shoot Eating Com, and it will work in burst. So you can quickly fix your standings by going shooting Eating Com. The income is not quite as high, uh, but you can flip back and forth by shooting Eating Com and Triglavians. Uh, it's really hard to maintain positive standings with all three uh, when you're doing this kind of activity. But um, if you get really negative trick standings, it doesn't. It takes a surprising little time to flip to the other side. Uh, and you can you can flip back and forth as much as you'd like. Yeah, um, there was just I think a, a question there for clarification from chat. The the fleet itself we have maybe fifteen to twenty damage dealers, and we currently have uh, like three or four salvagers who salvage the the wrecks we're generating and then sell the loot for the payoff. So there's there's two salvagers. Uh, we found that uh, two Noctis, one with uh, eight tractors and one with eight salvagers, uh, is the fastest for two. When we add a third Noctis, the third one has uh, eight tractors as well, because the one with the two salvagers can actually keep up, or the one with all salvagers can keep up with two tractors. And then if we need to add more, we'll kind of add in that ratio. Uh, but we've never needed more than two, unless you know one of them has a problem and. Um, they start falling behind or when we get a lot of dps this is a the amount of dps we have on grid is less than our average fleet right now but um if when we have a lot of dps into salvagers start having a hard time we we all the or uh, all the loot immediately gets stuffed into a brick fit orca uh, which is sitting down there uh, with the salvagers and then uh, it gets put in the station uh, one thing that's amazing me is the the fact that these trigs are just melting like almost immediately. I have I have not been locked up or had like one shot fired at me so far. So um, they they always warp to zero at the planet uh, or star uh, in a system where they exist. So we have uh, bookmarks set up. I know you don't have access, so you can't see them, uh, but we have bookmarks set up at certain distances from the stars. And depending on how much DPS we have, we warp in at different distances uh, because the closer we get, the more damage we can do. But the further we are, the more time we have to kill things. Uh, and we've done a lot of experimenting on this to figure out like, where the right places are for different amounts of DPS. Um, so we're warping at range. Uh, Lashaks don't do damage until they get within about 70 kilometers with you, and the cruisers and frigates need to get a lot closer than that. Uh, so we just, we're just we literally kiting them. We're killing them before they get close. Uh, so they don't end up doing damage. Therefore, we have no Lodgy in the group uh, because we simply don't need it. Uh, however, uh, all Marauders are advised to fit a remote repper. So if something does get close and the Naga gets in trouble, we can keep it alive. And... Um... So you're running these fleets uh, often enough yourself, and you're trying to get some FCs trained up to, to kind of keep these fleets going when you're not around. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, I run them Monday and Friday, and uh, we have one new FC that's uh, starting to kind of like pick days, and another FC that was doing it for a while, but he's been away for a minute. So I currently have one solid FC, uh, and the other one should come back anytime. So I, I actually have two. 
Um, so, so just real quick, tell me if if I was watching this stream right now and I wanted to get involved either as a a alpha an alpha clone, brand new player uh, looking to make money, or I want to help out get involved FC or salvage or bring my marauder, what do I have to do? Uh, so, get involved? Uh, you join the Hateless Gaming channel, uh, which is spelled just like my Twitch username, uh, Hateless underscore Gaming. It's an game channel. Uh, and the MOTD is uh, details on the fits. And then you also want to join the Discord. And then in the in my Discord channel, uh, we have a uh, Fleet Pings, a lot like Bombers Bar does, where we put out a message saying, hey, um, we're doing a fleet at this time. Uh, and then you respond with an emote based on what role you can fill. So you get an idea of how, how many people are able to uh, go. And then if we get enough for a full fleet, we will then form up the fleet and head on out uh, to from the trig. So in game that would be what capital H A T E. It's it's not case sensitive, so just oh, okay, uh, it, yeah, it's it's hateless underscore gaming. Hateless underscore gaming, and then can you get get us like a, an invite link to your Discord, and we can drop that in chat as well for people. Yeah, it's it's linked in the hateless gaming, but yes, I can give you a link. Uh, where would you like it? Just drop it in the Discord channel for anyone watching the show if they want to like get involved. I think it'd be cool. Or give it to it us. We can publish it in the in the YouTube notes. Say I want to come in with my main, but I have a problem. I don't have large uh, railguns to five, and I. But I have, say, large lasers to five. Would I be able to come in an oracle or just something else that is long range? Uh, right now, I'm using um, large high returns, the the meta version. So I only have it. The very first fit in the uh, fittings he has on Eve Workbench has a, like a little mini skill plan um in the alpha clone naga and it only requires large energy turrets three at a minimum so like i'm using tech one guns right now and i can hit them no problem uh, uh, yeah uh, also we accept uh all gun marauders so three of the four uh, we don't accept uh, golems for reasons uh but the varger paladin and chronos are really solid options for participating in this fleet and they're the ones that are making the the bigger money they make between 100 or 90 and 150 million an hour participating so no anything oracles. uh we'll we'll take oracles uh we we've, we've got a few fits kind of behind closed doors not officially published uh but you may or may not get full payout depending on your skills and your dps levels uh, because we want to keep things fair as or as fair as possible um but yeah, you, you you can bring oracles or talent. You wouldn't bring a talus. It would be uh, tornadoes. We've 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 had them in fleet before. So long range, and it's got to be instant damage, and has to obviously shoot out of the required ranges. Yeah, no missile ships or drones. Correct. Uh, well, you can bring a Dominix, then to get point five out of the size entries to someone. Yeah. Um. We we put 0.5 on that because we don't want somebody to come in with like 10 dominances and take all the payout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, show. Well, actually, no, that, that that seems like an interesting idea. Come in with 10 dominances, just assign the drones to someone else. Let them do the work. <laughs> yeah, um, we actually did. Uh, I've got four of them sitting in the station, and I've actually brought them out and just had them assist the fleet. It's kind of fun. What do you think is the minimum number of people required in fleet to do this? Because right now, right now, how many do we have in fleet? We have quite a few, so this is definitely not a minimum fleet. Uh, I would say if you have two or three nagas with solid skills, uh, you can do it. Uh, our initial test with this composition, when we first realized what we could do, 
we went and made five alpha characters uh, between all of us. There's five of us in Discord at the time. We made five alpha characters, grabbed five Nagas, and tried this with five brand new alpha character Nagas, and they did fine. So if you have the equivalent DPS of that, I think the line is right around 2,000, 3,000 DPS is what's required. So I mean, that would also... You're able Sorry, to do it with solo Marauder, right? Since the Marauder can put out about 3,000 damage. So like if you solo, you're not going to kill things fast enough before they get on your head, so you're forced to brawl. Uh, with solo setups, you need to be able to tank at least 1,800 uh, continued DPS under cap pressure and do enough damage that you can clear stacking NPCs. It's fairly difficult to solo. Uh, it's easy at first because uh, when your standings are higher, uh, when you first start doing this, the trig are gentler to you. And as your standings go down, they get more aggressive. So you can start with like a cheaper Kronos or a cheaper Marauder. And then as you grind it more and more, your standings will go down and then they'll get more aggressive. And then uh, you'll get bigger and bigger spawns and you'll end up losing your ship if you don't upgrade in line with that. Well, some people are greedy bastards and they'll think, well, what if I match the number of DPS myself and I just do it with myself and my three accounts? Or How many Marauders would you minimum do it with to be able to clear it and at least so multibox it alone? This doesn't get cleared uh, in, in the general sense because they, they keep on spawning escalating. So what matters is how quickly we can lock things and how quickly we can do damage and how quickly we can actually kill the NPCs. Uh, when you're solo in groups, uh, as you scale up in Admiral Marauders, you'll uh, pretty linearly increase your income. Uh, so this scales to some pretty insane degrees. Um, this uh, single wormhole can support, I want to say, 20 to 30 ships. But if you bring only one ship, the NPCs will kind of respond in kind. Uh, we don't know exactly what the algorithm is or exactly how they, the spawn size or rate is determined. Uh, we just know that more spawn when you kill more. And if you get really efficient with one thing, it gets kind of dangerous. So you need to um, you you need to bring your tank in kind. So you, if you have two Marauders, you may need both of those Marauders may need the same amount of tank. If you have three, you might need more tank for the Marauders. Uh, it, it's a balancing act. Figure out how much tank you need with the amount of DPS coming in. And... Um, it is inconsistent, so there are spikes all the time, and you need to be ready to handle the spikes. Let's yeah, say I've got yeah. five marauders for wormhole ratting in the C five. If I want five long range marauders to say a hundred of a planet and just start blasting away, would that would that meet the critical mass? Uh, two Kronos is enough to start tanking or to start going from range. I've done it with two quite a few times. You just need two. Um, yeah, so two, two Kronos from uh, uh, 120 or so kilometers away from the planet and kill them before they get close enough, and it kind of spawns at about the right rate. Um, how long have you been doing this? Uh, I started right after Pachman got ripped out. I realized that the Triglavians were spawning on wormholes, and they weren't just randomly appearing in ISEC, and we kind of put those dots together, used the Pachman entry manual to kind of start locating the wormholes. Uh, and I've been doing it since pretty much since Pochman first got ripped out. And uh, we only realized recently that we can do it in small groups with these Nagas recently uh, before we had much higher requirements for the fleets. So it wasn't really something that I felt needed attention. Um, but the fact that this is something that people can do at fairly low scope points, it's it's good. Um, but yeah, I've been doing these for a long time. We've been studying the way they spawn and, and how they uh, interact and change and how the, the wormholes spawn and all that uh, for quite a while. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I've actually, um, I kind of didn't believe you when you told me just inject a million skill points into, into a new character, you'll be fine. 
Um, I kind of thought you were leading me to my doom. And second of all, <laughs> uh, it's actually fascinating the uh, as you were talking about the variance in the waves. I mean, you, you get some waves spawning in. It's a couple of cruisers. And all of a sudden, there's three Lashaks on grid. Then there's five Lashaks. Um, I would certainly want like two or three Marauders if I was to attempt to solo box this. Yeah, and, and I like that as you get as you do it more and your your standings go down, it gets harder. I mean, if if you had two or three Marauders, it could go fine for weeks, and then you might hit the point where your standings get so low they they bring a crazy amount of DPS to kill you. you just got to be on your yeah. toes, I guess. Or uh, instead of trying to do it all solo for yourself, uh, join the fleet. Yeah, and then uh, also dealing with the loot is somewhat of a headache. And if you join the fleets, I deal with the loot for you. <laughs> Uh, so on the note of looting, um, so, so those materials are made uh, are used to make T uh, two trigger ships, right? So has that affected the market in any way since this uh, is not done a large quantity? Yes, uh, in in uh, in parallel with uh, I know Setonia has been farming in Pachman, but in parallel with with the the increased farming in Pachman and uh, this happening, and then also other groups are kind of kicking off and doing this as well. I'm not the only one doing this. Um, the price we've seen the price of uh nurgles go from 400 to 240 270 million it's gonna or millionists per unit they are dropping fast and they're dropping hard and we're aware of it and uh as it's dropped uh because we've been improving getting more efficient at this uh we've maintained about the same income even with the drops uh so we're just constantly improving improving to keep up with the uh the decrease in value of the loot um so yeah, it's just it's it's dropping in price. We're producing more and more, and our our initial goal when we started this was to make miracles cheap for uh, people running burners. It just kind of evolved into this. Shen, show me the price of the Ikatosa. At long last, the Ikatosa would be finally below one billion a hull. I've been waiting for this for such a long time. You, you don't you don't know Atlas. Ikatosas they used to be so great, and then everything changed. Well, they've been oh, up to one bill for a while, haven't they? They they were like eight hundred mil for a bit. They only hit like one bill in like I guess they were one bill for a little bit in June, but they've normally just been like around eight hundred, right? It, it's yeah. just so sad to see the price of the Ikatosa that expensive. I had to resort to using Vedmax. Ah, oh, my suffering. So at the end of May, uh, beginning of July, is when we really started hitting hard on this, and you can see that the the prices of Trickleven ships have dropped since we started. My God, it's it's recovering. Think, think it's healing. It's healing. The Ikatosa will finally be affordable and well, um, generally usable now. Yeah, be, between my solo farming and the fleet farming, this fleet has pulled 120 billion isk out of uh, this content in the last 30 days. Sorry, that's 120 billion in the last month. Yes, uh, is what myself and uh, the fleet as a whole has earned over the last 30 days. That is 20 pilots working together. That's that's a lot of teamwork and a lot of effort. But um, yeah, that's that's what has gone through my character in the last 30 days. That's not bad for sitting in high sec, five jumps from Jita, shooting rats that like constantly respawn for you. It's even better than level four missions because the, the wrecks aren't all spread out. <laughs> The the downside is is that per pilot, uh, the income is relatively low compared to other things, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I got eighty two billion paid out uh, in the last thirty two days on my uh, on my character that handles the payouts. 
And uh, a month ago, we saw similar numbers. So it's just continuing. Uh, and if we get more FCs, this number will be higher. And the cool part is it's people earning their keep, not just giving it away. Yeah, I'm really liking this. I think it was very clever. Um, I think it's like really easy content. Again, I mean, any new person can either borrow a ship or scrape together a uh, hundred million for a Naga and then come along and be making kind of decent returns. Yeah, that's that's the point. It's uh, it's super easy, low barrier of entry thing that anybody can participate in. Kind of get off the ground. We're new bro friendly. We help people. Uh, that's that's the idea. Uh, I want as many people to be able to you know go and omega their accounts as possible. And there's just one way that I'm able to help a little bit. Uh, are, are you guys doing this in one location always, or is it it's gonna switch uh, from time um, to time? It, it's supposed to be roaming, so these wormholes roll and they go into different locations. Uh, we've learned how to manipulate that. It's always in the system or next door. We have a, a special trick that we can do next door. If we ever find the limit of how many NPCs these can spawn, uh, we can double it because we can put two wormholes in one system. And then in theory, if we got big enough, we could put three. This uh, but that trick takes is an this... endeavor. Is this a secret? Uh, at the moment, I'm going to keep it classified, yeah. It's something that we haven't actually done yet, but something that I intend to do. And how about competition and dangers? Uh, has anybody tried to compete against you or like try to start doing this for themselves with fewer accounts? Oh, Sorry, yeah. Uh, there, there are several people. That, like I said, I'm not the only group doing this. Uh, I mean, you guys know that there's a ton of Triglavian wormholes. Uh, that exists. Every single Triglavian, uh, every single system from Triglavian spawns one of these wormholes, or from uh, Pochvin spawns one of these wormholes that goes into uh, random places of space. And if you learn where they, where and how they spawn, uh, you can take the mechanics used to rage roll wormholes to relocate them to positions that you like. It gets complicated when you start trying to get more more wormholes into one system, but. Um, we have pretty good control of this one. We can keep this one in this system when we want it here. And what about suicide ganking? Has that been a problem? Um, in this composition, no. Uh, everything in this fleet is not worth killing. And there's a standing order to just say good fight in local when you get killed. And uh, there's no profit to be made as nothing is worth killing uh, profitably. And as long as we don't give them salt, they kind of leave us alone. Uh, the only thing that's really worth killing is the Noctis. And I mean, we have seven Nagas here. Seven, eight Nagas, and if something tries to kill the, the Salvagers, we'll just kill it before they kill the Salvager. Uh, we haven't had issues uh, with this content. And again, everything's super cheap, and everything that is worth something has a big buffer on it uh, to kind of deter ganking. It's not impossible to happen, uh, but it hasn't happened yet, and all the gankers are aware of what we're doing as uh, they do stage in this system as well. Oh, they stage in this system as well, do they? Yeah. We we deal with them all the time. When I fly solo, they like to kill my Noctis. I just, I don't care. That's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the even the, the Marauders uh, on the EVE workbench fitting, you have like the group of all the fits, right? So you have like your Tech 1, Alpha, Naga, uh, your kind of optimal Tech 2, bit more skills, Naga, and then you have like cheap basic Marauders and then kind of like optimal and preferred Marauder fits, right? So there's like two different tiers and like even the optimal preferred marauder fit is like quite cheap for a marauder yeah yeah they're they're super cheap so the the beginner chronos is like 1.9 billion-esque and 90 percent of that cost is in the hole um and then we also run full command bursts so that uh everything is is good so you got a lot of bhp 
Yeah, it wouldn't take long to earn back the cost of your... Um... Okay, maybe not the Marauder, but like certainly your Naga or something. I mean, it's it's going to be a quick time to earn that. We've back. noticed that the Marauder's ROI is roughly three or four fleets. So bring a Marauder, you... Uh, and on the average day, we fly for about five hours. I end up paying them six, seven hundred million. Yeah. Um, how does that stack up against incursions? Would it take you longer to earn it in an incursion? Uh, well, the incursions use shinier ships. Uh, the income is lower than incursions, but we don't roam. We don't have travel days. Uh, and it's a lot easier to fly in this fleet than it is incursions. The effort is much lower. I feel like the, uh, the reward is pretty in line with that. Uh, you will make more flying in incursion fleets for sure, but there's more that you have to deal with. I'm just looking at the amount of wrecks pile up here. I mean, we definitely need to get a couple of more Noctises. Uh Yeah, I'm. I uh, our tractor beam uh, Naga or tractor beam guy left, and so I'm trying to tractor while telling you guys all about this. And my push to talk key is the same as my unlock all key, so I'm having a hard time keeping up with salvage. Oh no! <laughs> Quick, went through the settings and rebind. Uh, someone asking there, what's the minimum ship requirement for this? The minimum, the absolute minimum ship requirement for this is a Tech 1 uh, Fit Naga. It is like less than a million skill points uh, on an alpha character. Um, so if you have either, like you can start a brand new character account, alpha account, get a, a referral link, and you can be skilled in to do this in 15 minutes. Yeah, on top of that, uh, if you spawn Kaldari and uh, spawn State War Academy, we are two jumps away from your spawn. Also, if you like intend to do this again, not a bad idea to maybe like roll a new account for it because you will um, tank your trig standings and yep. make certain areas of high sec uh, kind of dangerous to travel through. Uh, fascinating. Thank you so much for um, like bringing this to our attention and putting in the work and the effort of the this whole like content over the last couple of months, figuring it out, and then taking that knowledge and sharing it with the, the wider community. Yeah. Um, Really cool. Bringing people oh. up one pilot at a time. <laughs> uh, you have to give a special thank you to like all the people you've managed to drag together for the fleet, like 20 of us or something now. Uh, big yeah. thank you to all those guys out there in Hateless's channel, in Hateless Gaming, in his uh, in-game channel and Discord for either alarm clocking and coming along for this, staying up late for this, or just uh, giving up your time to show off this content. Um, it's really cool. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you. You're doing all the work. We're just showing it off. I'm, I'm just clicking F1 and I'm <laughs> printing money. Sitting here, my alpha character. Um, Anyone else got any questions or comments on this stuff? Sounds like a cool way to make a lot of money if you're an alpha pilot, right? Like, uh, what do you say, around 80 to 90 million? Is that for a, a Naga hateless? Uh, that's, that's for the Marauders. So the Marauders make oh. a bit more... Uh, on Friday, the Friday fleet made 40 million X base pay. Nagas make one X base. Uh, tier two Nagas make 1.2 X base, and Marauders make 2.5 X base. Uh, so, uh, what ends up happening uh, is the, the base pay, we calculate that and we can multiply by the numbers to see what the incomes are. Uh, and bad days are 25 to 30 million, good days are upwards towards 50 million per hour. It just kind of depends on our luck with uh, if, if it's a fresh wormhole, if it got set up before, uh, if you know the wormhole gets collapsed from traffic, uh, things happen. Uh, and there's a lot of variance in the rate the NPC spawn we know. Some days they're kind of lackluster, some days they're more aggressive. And uh, we haven't quite pinned our finger on what the variables are yet. But still, like, uh, even like upwards of 30 million for just a, a brand new account that you can make in five minutes, as uh, Abby just did, uh, that's actually pretty decent. 
Like, yeah. that's, that, that's like, that's probably about what you would make, I guess, doing like a T3 Abyss in like an Alpha Gila or something. Yep. It's, it's like it's none a, of the risk. Yeah, it's, it's right in line on that. And the risk is, ex again, extremely low uh, because, uh, uh, because I do also, on top of all this, on top of the fact that I'm paying you guys, uh, I do take a cut off of all, all these fights. I'm going to be 100% transparent. I take a cut because I'm dealing with the loot. I'm dealing with all the stuff. I'm organizing everything. Um, so I take a, a cut off the top of the fleet. But in return for taking that cut, I offer full SRP for all ships in the fleet as long as they are following the doctrine. You know what? There's going to be a day where I run out of money given to me by my generous benefactors. I might actually consider this because, yeah, it's very low effort. It's competitive compared to a lot of the other money-making methods. And it's... you know what? If it's a trade, if it's a, it's a trade-off. If abyssal, if abyssal modules start getting more expensive, and the Ecatursa goes down in price, I'll accept that trade any day. <laughs> um yeah uh it's also super chill we just hang out in comms and kind of bs with each other while doing it uh and it's it's just like you know any crab fleet you just kind of hang out and have a good time with each other and have fun like it's it's awesome we're building a, a little community around it and it's growing every day and it's, i'm gonna it's do a awesome. bit of scheming here and propose this what do you do with the materials that you salvage you sell it right yes i do sell it uh not all of it gets bought. Uh, I have a few private buyers uh, that we've brokered deals with, so I have a consistent uh, outgo of loot. Sometimes I stack up additional. My uh, biggest buyer right now can spool up more uh, so I can handle more loot. I don't really have a limit. And then if I max him out, uh, HiSec Buyback has offered me a uh, referral program to help out. Uh, so the HiSec Buyback program is my uh, kind of fallback, and the loot can always get moved at some point or another. Uh, we try not to give it directly to the market because uh, we want to see it built uh, into ships and then sold to ships. And then we want to sell to private buyers uh, so that one, uh, we can have a uh, more risk because the more risk that the uh, payouts or the more risk that the loot is worth, the more I can pay out the fleet, the more I make it. Everybody makes more if uh, you know I can sell for higher prices. And then if we can uh, feed the market the ships rather than the materials, uh, the market, uh, the, the, the price stickiness of the material stays up a little bit better. Uh, and we end up uh, as a whole making more risk. But we're trying not to just tank the market overnight. Uh, we're trying to uh, feed into it as demand is filled. And as the price goes down, demand increases. Basic supply and demand stuff. Um, yeah. Shen, you produce stuff. How would you like to propose a new Ikatursa doctrine to the Army of Mangoes directors? And at the same time, <laughs> please crash the market for the Ikatursas. Shen here is an industrialist. I, you know what? <laughs> How would you like to crash the market, Shen? You can choose that as a, as a free doctrine. There are a few problems with it. One is the price. With the same price, I can pull up something no, much, big, much Shen, better. Shen, it's, it's, don't, don't, no, there's no problems. It's perfect. It's a great idea. Don't be talking about the problems. Let's be pushing Icky Terses. Let's get that price <laughs> Um Also, take a look at that spawn. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so um, I just noticed there we were we were running a site and uh, the Triglavians stopped spawning. Yeah, so eventually they stop. Uh, like I said, this isn't a site. We're not really clearing them. Uh, they just kind of roam around the system. 
And when you kill all of them, more spawn in the system. And we don't know if it's a timer or exactly what controls it. But for the most part, they'll continue warping in on you. And then what it's a range. I, I don't know exactly what it is. But sometimes we end up on grid for like, you know, five minutes. And then we shift to another grid. We go back and forth. We kind of bounce around. Sometimes we end up on a grid for, you know, an hour. And we just don't move. We just sit here and grab you. Uh, but they go, they warp to planets in the sun is where they are. Uh, they will never go to a Stargator station. Uh, and it's just kind of the way they behave. They're weird. Yeah. So um, I guess while well, we just cleared out that one planet and then we move on to the next one. Yep. And the salvagers are behind uh, trying to clean up the rest of the loot. Uh, we had to pull in another salvager because I'm not keeping up. Love it. Um. So yeah, thank you so much. This is like really cool content. Uh, just to get caught up with a, a couple of questions. Yes, this is like totally alpha friendly. Um, less than like just less than a million skill points. Check out the fits in Hayless's workbench uh, to get an idea. Join his in-game channel, Hayless underscore gaming, or uh, his Discord as well to get involved. Um, and yeah, this is like uh, as you guys are just talking about. The, the kind of payout for like a Tech One Naga Alpha Fit is pretty much in line with like the the Tier Three Abyss uh, payout, right? But instead of needing a four or five, six hundred million isk Gila uh, that you could lose, this is like a, a hundred million isk Naga that you probably won't lose, or at least if you, not, uh... if you lose a Naga, I have like twenty of them sitting in the station ready to hand out to people that lose them. So it's, it's literally it's an SRP. Yeah, we, exactly. uh, rather than giving you this, this ship, we actually have uh, backup ships in the station ready to hand out. It's like a little like mini version of incursions or something. Mm -hmm. I, I much prefer content that requires a fleet. Um, and so like we, you know, like as you were saying, it's kind of like a, a chill fleet session. You guys just hang out in, in comms and chill. Um, but it still like needs a group of people, which I, I, I really like that content instead of just doing your own anoms in nullsec while your buddy does his other anoms and you don't actually fly together in a fleet on grid mm -hmm. so uh this 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 community does have a goal uh and it's it's long-term goal is to be able to uh one drop the price of trig loot and two uh we plan on being able to farm world arcs in the future and do world arc fleets we do have a doctrine written up for that uh, and we just need more people to start showing up and we'll be able to do the bigger, bigger content, uh, at the top. And I know Patron's or, uh, Setonia's like, oh boy, competition, uh, but it, it, it'll be fun. I, I, I feel like the, the PVX nature of going to, uh, Potchman would be a lot of fun. And we have, uh, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, fighting against other PVE groups. So like uh Rogue Capel are really dominant right now in US time zone, but there's also I think like Lucy Lou's group are also in there. There's like uh, Fraternity doing like, Marauder gangs uh pretty frequently, as well as like Caracal gangs to get up standings in Pochvin. I mm. believe there's a group of Goon Swarm guys who do like top practices all of the time. Uh, they're they're also pretty fun. There's also uh I think like an MPSI kind of group that do Loki's a lot. So there's like loads of different groups in Pochwin and uh, yeah, it's a lot of PvP that happens uh, around like contesting them, right? Because there's, there's only three observatories, and to get like uh, actual uh, actual good money in Pochwin, uh, well, at least like the super high end stuff, you want to you want to be the dominant group at, 
it at the time. So you can just run all three flashpoints. So you do one flashpoint, then travel to the next nearest one, etc. Keep doing it like that around the around the loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of the goal. Um, our our doctrine is uh, for going into Pachvin is actually directly in line uh, with the Nagas uh, because we use Feroxes. Uh, because we're we're telling people to get in Nagas, so we made a uh, doctrine that uh, if you can fly Naga, you can also fly Ferox, uh, which means that uh, all the people can uh, jump in just as actually just as easily as you train up the fair uh, you train up for the Naga for the tier one Naga, you can fly the tier one Ferox participate as well. So the high end when we go high end, it doesn't uh, exclude all the new players. Oh, that's amazing! I'm already training for that. So when you open that up. Fantastic. I, l- I look forward to being murdered by Satoni in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> uh, so regarding the what... price of trick-waving ships, what's your goal to... Do you want to pull them back to pre-Potterman? Or what's your goal for that? Uh, say, say that one more time. Well, like, how low do you think the price should go until you think you achieved your goal? Or is it as low as possible? Um, I'm going to keep farming this until they're, like, worth little or uh i doubt that they're going to go down to zero uh because you know if when the price goes down the demand will get up they'll become more popular uh, as a cheap ikatursa would be really fun to fly also there's a certain percentage of this that cannot be removed and uh the easy way to uh you know uh, or not the easy way but uh you get red loot in this and that is uh, a flat rate paid to dd and then paid out isk brilliant um yeah, again, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to everyone in your channel and in the fleet giving up their time and uh, coming along and showing us on the show today what you've been doing, how you can farm the Triglavians in ISEC, alpha character friendly, really easy. Um, so yeah, guys, give Hateless a, a big round of applause for that. Uh, really, really cool, um, the whole team. And if you want to get involved, that's the Hateless underscore gaming in-game channel or on his... Um, his discord uh one last thing actually i'd like to share with us um i don't know how many people uh caught this today or, or this week uh just through a link there in the podcast channel this is from the world news uh there's a new name on the lips of all those with their finger on the pulse of new eden's tech scene the association for interdisciplinary research the latest arrival to join the cluster's existing uh, tableau of technology-driven corporations has made its first public statement with a series of bold proclamations. Uh, did anyone see this this article? No? Just me? Yeah, I, I've seen it, but I can't really say much about it because I know something a little more about that, uh, oh, that group right, okay. uh, being on the CSM, so <laughs> I can't really... Uh... So NDA, basically. Um, but yeah, it, it is going to be important. I'll, I'll say that. This is this is law, and yeah, this is world news. All I have to say is, uh, where's Arcia? We have to dial in Arcia for an episode soon. She's she's in the bloody uh, alliance tournament, so I think she's practicing today in the next couple of weeks because uh, Alexis Matari are in the uh, alliance tournament. Um, it's an absolute travesty that it happened, but this is really interesting. I mean. I had a quick read of this article. This is like a new corporation kind of spun off from Sisters of Eve, uh, interested in exploration and discovery with new technologies. I mean, who knows where this could lead, but like, this is like, surely this is going to be like new stations. Um, if anyone looking at those pictures can tell me like, are these brand new station models? 
I'm struggling to remember if I've seen a station like this before in space. I'm reading down here, Concord's Derail Anti-AI Division. Anti-AI? That sounds like Root Jones, to be honest. I, I think that's the new station model. There is a Galanti one that looks kind of similar to that, but that's definitely new. Yeah, there is a Galanti station model that looks like this that's used in, like, I think, DED sites and stuff, but it's kind of like a similar, like, half-circle shape, but yeah. So, so this is a new station model, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that it is. Uh, the, the the one that it looks like is the one that's in uh, in Sistava, I think. It's the oh, uh, like uh, school of school, like the school station model. Uh, but but that's this. But, but this is a complete new model. Yeah. I I don't want to get you in trouble for <laughs> confirming it is a new station model. Um... There was a bunch of new station models that was actually previewed on, a, a, believe it or not, like a CCP art stream maybe a year ago, maybe almost two years uh, ago. So if you look at my screen, there is one that I think the one that you guys were talking about. Because the the new Concord station was kind of previewed way back then as well. Because the the Concord station has been blown up for about ten years, and they're finally getting around to actually replacing the thing. Yeah, Shen, that's right. Sorry, um, I'm looking at your screen. That is kind of, I think, the station I might have been thinking of when I saw this picture. Um, and yeah, General, you're correct. The, the, I think Malaral talked about that a couple of months ago on an episode where the, the station was on fire for like 10 years or something. Yeah, there, there, there's been a couple. There, there's two uh, in the in the lore way back when, uh, one that had a, a Nick supercarrier flown into it. Um, and was basically on fire for a, almost a year and a half before it, the fire was finally put out and the station was repaired. Um, but the the elder fleet that blew up and the the Concord station uh, way 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 back when, had, and the Concord station has been blown up ever since and has just never been repaired. Um, Amusingly, I found out apparently that the, the reason that the station was never repaired is the original uh, appearance of the station, the the files that. Uh, were relevant to how it actually looked were were lost so the uh the station had to be completely redesigned and revamped so apparently that is hopefully due sometime soon god that's terrible talk about losing your homework it, uh, quite literally yeah but yeah I, th I just this caught this uh i think someone posted it in the discord and i was checking the world news and i was just like oh my god this like the very last line there is, while it remains to be seen how far AI or's sphere of influence extends, one thing is certain, the competition in New Eden's corporate sector is about to heat up. Uh, it could be very interesting to see what happens there uh, in the lore. I mean, could this be tied into new modules? I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But uh, I think as Suetonia hasn't said anything uh, other than he knows something and he's not allowed to talk, it could actually be... Uh, Something very cool. If we're all disappointed, we can blame you anyway, Satonia. That's cool with me. <laughs> hey, I'd rather be in trouble with you than in trouble with CCP. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're never in trouble with me, bud. Um, all right, I think that's everything we have uh, on today's show, unless anyone has like any last-minute topic they want to bring up. or. Uh, so I think Quadrant 4 is about to come. I think they said beginning of uh, august but right now we are almost at the end and we haven't seen it yet so maybe that'll come next month so they may just push it back to a month oh yeah maybe because they they didn't start the the first quadrant in january right they kind of like took january off and they started the quadrant in um february um and 
why is quadrant four interesting because we're going to look at like the orca balance changes the mining ship balance changes things like gas compression uh, scarcity coming to an end uh, new capital ratting anom so like there's a lot to look forward to over the next couple of months um so yeah so thank you so much uh for tuning in to us today guys um this has been talking in stations i've been abby rove your host with our amazing guests uh Suetonia, as always uh big shout out to general stargazer for coming along and giving us some information on the alliance tournament and the summer games uh we hope to have you back soon again to give us an update on how those things are going make sure you check in next week for the continuation of the summer games on the eve nt twitch um big shout out to hateless this week um and his crew for coming along uh 23 people in fleet now doing this uh triglavian farming content really really cool so uh guys again if you're interested check out hateless's in-game channel or his discord um and as always uh thank you to our crew here rich richmond uh zhao zhen uh, artemis and myself and um, thank you and we will uh, pick someone to raid 